You know it's showtime when this beat kicks in This is the TSR pop where all we do is win It's just football fiends on a mission Delivering opinions of my significance Man, I hope you've been listening Cause scouting is the business You're welcome cause it's a privilege Most people in this position just don't give it away, no so all that's left to say now is welcome to the show Cause you know Jacob and Ball were ready So let's go ESR podcast episode number five here with my co-host Bo McCauley. What's going on, Bo? You doing all right? Uh, I'm doing wonderful, man. It's great to be back. Uh, happy to be recording. Yeah, man. Did you have a good Christmas? Uh, it was good, man. Santa's always Santa always treats the uh, the good boys right. You know what I mean? That's right. That's right, man. Well, I want to wish a uh, Merry Christmas to all the the uh, listeners out there. Sorry Absolutely. we didn't. Sorry we didn't record on Thursday, uh, doing stuff with our families and friends, stuff like that. But, Bo, it was Christmas time in the NFL as well, okay? And I want to go over some good deeds that some NFL players did around the league, all right? Ooh. So, number one, Larry Fitzgerald gave more than 20 children shopping sprees at Dick's Sporting Good in uh, Arizona. Matt Stafford showed up. I don't know if you saw this, but he showed up at the home of some kids that had recently lost their father. I did see this. And he yes. brought them Christmas presents. I think he was with his wife, too, who I he believe was. just had brain surgery. She did. She, she's a, she is as big of a fighter as Matt Stafford is. Yeah, she Absolutely. really is. Um, Derek Henry paid off layaway debts for shoppers in Burlington. Michael Thomas visited children in the hospital and gave them president pr- presents. Did you say, say Derek Henry did that in Burlington? Yeah, in Burlington. Wow, wow, that's amazing. Yeah. Richard Sherman paid off school lunch debts for students in a nearby uh, school district. Juju bought toys for local children. And mm-hmm. Kyle Van Noy threw a Christmas party for foster kids and their families, uh, distributing winter coats, toys, and decorated Christmas trees. All right. But, Bo, it's not all about the kids. It's also about teammates. Okay. Mm-hmm. So let's just listen to some things that some players got their teammates for Christmas. All right. Lamar Jackson, the guy we talk about all the time on here, gave his all of his offensive linemen Rolexes. They deserve I, I it. wish I had that ability. Uh, <laughs> Kyler Murray gifted his offensive line personalized electric scooters. Michael <laughs> Thomas, again, surprised his teammates on Wednesday by giving every player, every player on the team, a pair of Jordans that were released last week. Ooh. And then Josh Allen, the quarterback for the Bills, gave each of his offensive linemen a brand new grill to cook on. So we got got to keep those guys big and strong, right? Can you imagine after hearing like your offensive lineman for the Cardinals, and you hear that Lamar Jackson gives his whole line a uh, a Rolex, and then he brings you a a bird scooter, a rechargeable bird scooter? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Yeah, we got <laughs> like a two thousand dollar Rolex. I'd be like, well, thanks, Kyler, appreciate it. And then if you want me to be honest, <laughs> let's kind of, What's kind of funny about that is Lamar Jackson probably by contract is making less money than Kyler Murray. It's not a probably, it's a well, one. Well, you gotta, you gotta think about like you gotta think about endorsements right now for Lamar though. Lamar's got the hype train rolling behind him, I mean, so I don't know how much he's he's getting from he's in he's in some commercials. Uh, you don't see Kyler in any commercials except for the Heisman one right now. We don't so, live out west either though. He's the well, number, sure. okay, okay, okay. overall pick, and we live on the East Coast. He could be going nuts over there, which I believe he is in Phoenix. I well, believe okay, he's got to be the look at Baker Mayfield. He's got to Kyler's got to be in a ton of commercials out there. All right, all right, okay, I'll agree with you on that. But still, yeah. Kyler Murray is making more money than Lamar Jackson, so I don't know if I would I'm say sure on contract, you're right. Not about endorsements, but on contract, you're right. 
Yeah, and I would say those offensive linemen, of course, they're appreciative um, of the they rookie game. Yeah, yeah, they're appreciative of it. But I don't know, man. If I got the scooter, I may be like, hey, let me get that Rolex, right? Like, uh, how much was this scooter? Can I get? A, can I change it for a watch? Yeah, can I switch this for the Rolex? <laughs> Unless I lived close enough to the stadium to use the scooter like that to get to yeah, work. Yeah, like be- Cam Newton got. Do you rolled think through they, Charlotte on an electric scooter? Well, I was about to say, do you think they roll through like the practice? Because like, I think the Cardinals, their training camp is at the field because they can roll it out and stuff. You think they use it to get around the the complex? That yeah, could, well, that could be so. why. Yeah, that, that could be why. So that could I, be why. I mean, I could put, be putting my foot in my mouth, but I mean, if I heard that you know Lamar got his players a Rolex and then uh, you're making more money on your contract, <laughs> I might be kind of offended. That's true. That's true. But hey, that could be because the, the Baltimore Ravens offensive line is better. Hey, if you play better, you get better better presents, right? I'd, I'd like to be in the position to be offended by a $10,000 purchase versus a $1,000 purchase. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> right? right. But let, let's break down some big news that just happened uh, this past week, Bo. Marshawn Lynch is back in the NFL signing a contract with the uh, Seattle Seahawks. Returning back to them, actually. What do you think about that, Bo? I love it. Um, perfect fit. They 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 run they run the ball as much as uh, any team in the league, and they're and they're as good at it as anybody in the league. And I think it's everybody that 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 stadium is going to be filled with Lamar. I mean, with um, uh, Marshawn Lynch jerseys. Uh, yeah. So, that, so it's going to be stuffed with them. It's going to be insane. They're probably selling like crazy right now. Still. Apparently, they sold like. I think like the day after or something, they sold like a hundred and fifty thousand dollars worth of Marshawn Lynch gear. Yeah, I mean it, it's gonna be however long he's there, it's gonna be it's just a hype train. Get on it if you're a Seattle fan, I guess. Yeah, but so, I mean, I mean, if I would do the same thing, I mean, dude, if Le'Veon Bell somehow came back to the Steelers, I'd go nuts. So I know, that, yeah, I know how they yeah. feel. But like like Marshawn Lynch is just like a league wide like favorite guy. He really no, is. And I'm not I'm not showing up with another it, car full of Skittles was awesome. I just want to say rolled up in an Escalade full of Skittles, man. I mean, who else does stuff like that? But um, who and else I'm not can do that twice and it it doesn't get old either. Like it's not that's, played that's out. True, you know what I mean? True. But everybody, uh, just to be clear, so he's not signed for a long term deal here. The Seahawks contract is just for Week 17 and the postseason. Okay, so how you do kind of thing. They, they needed they needed running back death due to uh, Rashad Penny tearing his ACL this year, and Carson and ProSize were both injured this past Sunday. But our um, injury j- sucks for them, man. It, it does. It really does. He, he was having a great year too. Really man. Was. Really I was. Mean, I mean, I mean, something that was gonna set him set him and his family up for years to come, honestly. Oh, absolutely. But uh, Lynch enjoyed a productive uh, 2017 season with the Raiders. He ran for almost 900 yards, seven touchdowns, and averaged 4.3 yards per carry. So the guy still got it. I think uh, the 2018 season, um, he dealt with a core muscle injury and he didn't get to play the entire season. But still, I think that's a big ad for them. Marshawn Lynch is going to come back and give that team some real heart. And I also heard that when he came into the locker room the first day, some of the younger guys were starstruck. Uh, wouldn't you be? I would absolutely be. I would know. I would put my hand out, tell him my name, and I would shut up until he spoke to me. Yeah, yeah. Marshawn Lynch is just – I don't think there's anybody like him, man. There's no. nobody like him. And what's crazy about Marshawn Lynch, man, I can remember all the way back to – I don't, I can't remember what year it was, but that the, the famous Saints run. Oh, yeah. Just straight bodied that one guy and threw him to the ground. It was but in that, one of those years where I think it was the Saints went three straight years, seven and nine. I think it was like – it wasn't – it was like 15 or 16 maybe, yeah. maybe a little earlier than that. Well, well, let me ask you this, Bo. So, so this isn't even in my notes, but this is something that just came to my mind. 
So I saw there were two guys debating on Twitter the other day. Yeah. And they asked, and so, okay, I'm going to ask you the question, Bo, and you tell me what you think. All right. Would you rather have Marshawn Lynch's NFL career or Frank Gore's? Because um, I mean, let, me honestly, line, let me line it up. Okay. Let me line it up for you. Okay. All right. Marshawn Lynch has got the Super Bowl ring, the coveted Super Bowl ring. Sure. League-wide fan favorite. Um, I don't know where he stands in, like, the uh, rushing yards, like, all time. I'm pretty sure he's, like, 29th. I believe that's what I saw. Um, yeah. Also, they he could have a second ring, and literally people are saying the only reason he doesn't have a ring is because Pete Carroll decided not to give him the ball on the goal line. You know what I I'm mean, saying? Like, wouldn't the, that be great to be like, hey, people are saying the only reason we don't have that Super Bowl win is because they didn't give the ball to me. Yeah, sure. They, you, you can make that argument, but, you know, that they would have to give the ball to him and then the play would have to be successful. Okay, but, the but, then you, but then but then you yes, got that. I agree. So that, that's what you got going for you. Can, you can you can hold on to that if you're Marshawn for sure. Oh yeah, and, and even, even though there's no 100% he would have scored, it would just be a much better chance than a quick route to the outside that got picked off. Exactly. So that that's yeah. where that's where it much stands. Much better with, chance. That's where it stands with Lynch. Okay, so Frank yeah. Gore, he's third yeah. all time in rushing yards. Amazing. People don't give this man enough credit historically. I don't. I, I he I think he's he's probably one of the most underrated all time greats ever. I think I'd rather have Frank Gore's career, man. Really? So, so no. you're giving up the suit? No Super Bowl, just a just a journeyman journeyman in the NFL. You're going from team would, to team. Would you call the number three rusher of all time a journeyman? I mean, he spent a long time in San Francisco. Okay, he's been a long time in San Francisco. his age, yeah, but with his, I mean, yeah, he's old, dude. I mean, and I mean, every old. every single like year you've seen him change teams is because teams don't have faith in him. And then what does he do when he gets there? He shows up, he competes, oh, he, shows he finds out. a spot, yeah, and he, te- he and he mentors some kid like Devin Singletary who's going to have a career for the next, you know, ever however many years. I mean, and. I, I'm not saying he mentored Josh Jacobs very much, but weren't they there together for a little bit? Is I don't that, know. If he, he wasn't in Oakland. Wasn't in no. Oakland. He was gone by then. No. 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 Where was Where was he? he was with the uh, Okay, he's with the Bills now. It was San Francisco. Then where, where was? Well, he I'm at? talking about uh, was Marshawn Lynch there with Josh Jacobs mentoring him at all? I don't or believe they, so. I think he, yeah, he was gone, wasn't he? I think yeah, he had left the off season when okay. uh, before Jacobs got there. Okay. But but basically, Frank Wolfman. Frank Gore is going to be he's – a, he's a Hall of Famer for sure now. I mean, it, the word he's out on the rushing list, how see, can you he, not make that guy a Hall of Famer? Okay, I, okay, I agree how, with that, but let, let's think about it. He's number three, like, like you just said, man. Okay, let's think about it, though. The guy the – one, the one knock they have on Frank Gore, and you know, I can understand it, is at no point in Frank Gore's long, illustrious career has he been the best running back in the league, and he he's never led the the uh, league. Like, le, never won. He's ne- No, 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 Frank Gore. I'm saying, but has Marshawn ever been the best in the league? You're asking me to compare careers. Who would I rather have? You know what I mean? Okay, okay, that's okay. I, I believe that. Okay, but, okay, let's look I back. I would say Marshawn's ever been more, the number you, one. Do you have back a memorable run by Frank Gore? <laughs> I mean, not. Nah, I don't. I don't have a highlight tape where he stiff arms six dudes for you know a 50 plus yard touchdown. No, yeah. I don't. And I'm not. But, and I'm not knocking him for that. But another thing is, um, yeah. I don't think I don't think Frank Gore nor Marshawn either. I don't think either one of them ever had the uh, rushing title. No, I don't think so either. No. So, so you're going with Frank Gore. I think I think Frank Gore too. But I saw a lot of guys on Twitter saying they would much rather have you Marshawn. Know, everyone wants that ring thing, but like that's what it is, man. That's I don't what think, it is. See, neither guy's arguing for like the top of the totem pole whether they got a ring or not. You know what the I'm closest saying? Closest to like, the top of the totem pole is Frank Gore. I would, I would agree. We're with even without the ring, you know what I mean. Without the yeah. ring, 
Yeah. Do I yeah. think he should be in Canton? You're damn right I do, but I don't. I he don't will be. Think, One, I don't it will be first be. ballot, but he will be. I, okay, I think he will be. Okay, I couldn't have put that any better. I think he will be. I don't know how long it's going to take him, though. It, I mean, dude, it could take 20 years, but he will. It could. Be. It could, but he deserves to be there. What's crazy about Frank Gore, guys, is that Frank Gore has stayed in incredible shape. And y'all going to be like, oh, well, duh, Jacob, he plays in the NFL, but that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm saying Frank Gore is still training. I think this past off season he was training with uh, he was training with his son. Yeah. And he was also training with I'm trying to remember who it was. I believe it was I don't know if it was Kenyon Drake or but they were saying that Frank Gore was outdoing his son who is a solid football player and Kenyon Drake in these workouts. And I mean outdoing him like with stamina by a mile. So oh, this guy sure. keeps himself in such good shape. That's why he keeps going. You know, it, it's it's a difference between, you know, I think that's the difference between Tom Brady, you know, at the age he's at, or Drew Brees and Frank Gore. Okay, well, let's look at the positions. Quarterbacks can play longer than running backs. You know the shelf life for a running back. It's usually around like 30. Look yeah. at Frank Gore out here, though. What is he, 34, 35? Shoot, yeah, at least 35. So, so Frank, right that's what's so impressive. I think no one gives Frank Gore enough credit. I uh, I don't know where he's at on the touchdown, all-time touchdown list, but I think he he brought he moved up that list earlier this year too. So Frank Gore, Frank Gore is 36. 30, that's incredible, man. <laughs> yeah, to be his age, I mean, he could. It, did he say this was his last year? Because no, I mean, he hasn't he, said that. Yeah, he, he's the kind of guy that like could just show up next year and, yeah, well, and I think contribute heavily somewhere. He he played well this year. Draft you a draft you a third round running back and hire Frank Gore and see how it turns out for you. Exactly, but you know but, I mean? but everything being said, both of these guys have had amazing NFL careers. I've loved watching both of them. Of course, it's been awesome to watch Marshawn. Like I said, man, one of my earliest memories—not my earliest memories, but the best memory I've ever seen of Marshawn was watching that Saints game and just watching him break that run, which pretty much, you know, sealed the deal, put the nail in the coffin for the Saints in that game. <laughs> Side note: Do you remember when uh, Marshawn? This was post uh, being done with football. He had a football camp. And uh, at the football camp, he was cursing like around the kids or whatever and told he told one kid to get the either get the F or get the hell out of his his huddle. One or the other. And uh, the the parent was mad. And Marshawn was like, like I'm sorry. Uh, this is my camp. Um, this is how I coach. Like, I don't mean to disrespect you, but. I was, you know, your, your son was, you know, being lazy in my line or in my huddle. Like, it's not how that works. Well, Marshawn you know, tells it how it game. is, man. Yeah, and that's what, I, that, that's what I'm getting at is that, like, you know, if you haven't seen that video, I recommend looking it up because, I mean, that's – that is how – especially, I mean, when I played football, that's how people coached, man. They they spoke their mind. They told you how it was and expected you to understand that. Yeah. I mean, nowadays the, it's kind of lost amongst the parents. And, I mean, it, it, I'm glad he's playing football. I think he's – he either needs to be playing pro football or coaching pro football and talking to other adults that can understand the way that he's trying to communicate, <laughs> you yeah. know, and like definitely have your camps and make your money and give to charity. But I think uh, he needs to be around pros because he's a pro and, you know, people around the understand people that understand uh, Marshawn, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, he's a Seahawk legend, not just a pro. And also I yeah. think, you know, when he came back, he's a legend. Pro- his yeah. first press conference back was was real funny. I think that someone asked him, they're like, you know, how does it feel to be back for the Seahawks? And he said, uh, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and y'all have a good night. 
and just like walked away from the from the <laughs> microphone. So it doesn't even answer the question. Classic Marshawn. Classic, classic Marshawn, man. But something else I want to get into here, Bo, and other news. Antonio Brown has the Saints interest. And the, the Saints are interested in possibly signing Brown. They're waiting for the NFL to um, – to pretty much figure out what they're going to do with these sexual assault allegations that are pressed toward Brown right now. Like the commissioner's exempt list, I think they're waiting on or something. Yeah, I think they're waiting to see what, you know, see if he's put on that, which I imagine he would be, but, but let's go over the timeline of the AB events. All right. He was traded from Pittsburgh to Oakland in the 2019 off season. Okay. For a fifth round and a third round. That's correct. Right. I believe. I, I know it was a fifth round. I don't, I don't know if it was a fourth or third. I think you're right, though. And then in, in early September, Mike Mayock fines Brown $54,000 for unexcused absences from training camp. Then he ends up leaving, you know, messes up everything, threatens to punch Mayock, all of this stuff. Ends up, the Patriots picked him up September 10th. Or they picked him up earlier in that. And, and then September 10th, Brittany Taylor filed a civil lawsuit against A.B. for sexual assault on three separate occasions. He then played in the Dolphins game on the 15th of September before allegations came out on the 19th by an artist Brown had hired. Okay? Yeah, and that Patri- one was pretty creepy, too. The Patriots then released him the next day on September 20th. Now, Antonio Brown took part in a workout for New Orleans on Friday and reportedly blew them away, Bo. He apparently caught every single ball thrown his way, and the Saints are apparently heavily interested in signing him. Okay, now <laughs> my first thought is, oh my God. I can't wait to weigh in on this. <laughs> imagine Antonio Brown and Michael Thomas. And, you know, I'm going to throw Jared Cook in there, but it's more just imagining Michael Thomas and Antonio Brown in the same receiving core with Drew Brees throwing them to football. And then you also have Alvin Kamara. Like, are you joking? Like what, what type of, what, what type of, I, I can't even, I don't even know what to say. To, I, I don't even know what, that is a defensive coordinator. How do you scheme player. against it? Exactly. Dude. That's what I'm saying. You can't because, double team either receiver. And Jay Cook's, Jay Cook had a really slow start to this season, man. And he's oh, blown he's up. Fire. He's on fire. Yeah. But another thing is with the, with the whole NFL trying to figure out what they're going to do, what they're going to rule on the allegations. There's no timetable for when that ruling is going to come out. So it's kind of a waiting game right now. The Saints are trying to see if they can get him. You know, I think what they they don't expect him to play. I don't even think they expect him to play the first week. Well, let's see. They have a they have a first round bye, correct? Yeah, or do they? Do the Saints? Yeah, the Saints have a first round did the, bye. Are the, did the Niners win? The Niners are playing right now. Sorry, guys, we're in the middle of this game right now. If we I'm want, just, I'm, we well, I'm just asking if they won or not because I mean that's what okay, matters. I'm going to say the Niners that, win. That, that I'm going to say the Niners win, win tonight. Okay, yeah, so that is, oh, it's over and the Niners won. So no, I think the Niners get the bye, and uh, might be the Saints too. Niners get a bye and somebody else gets one. Okay, well, basically. I think the Saints were hoping because it was you know it was before this past Sunday, so they weren't looking for him to play today. Yeah, they were looking for to hopefully get him, get him ready, get him in the facility, and get him going with the playbook to get him in the postseason. And I, that's not going to happen. It doesn't look like. But imagine if this happened next year. Just imagine having Drew Brees, Antonio Brown, Michael Thomas, Jerry Cook, Alvin Kamara, and a <laughs> solid offensive line. I mean, imagine that. I mean, it's a wrap. It's, it's yeah, a wrap. It, you can lock it up, man. You can lock terrible. it up. I don't know 
Who's your number one, Bo? What, in that offense? Yeah. Michael Thomas, Antonio Brown, Jared Cook, Kamara. I mean, no, no, no. number it's one. It's really between two people. It's between Antonio Brown, if he comes back in shape. Your, like number I said. One, your number one's Michael Thomas. He's been there. He's proven. He broke the Jerry Rice receptions record. I mean, in my opinion, they're mirror, they're mirror guys. One's just younger than the other. You know what I mean? Like Michael Thomas is is in AB. I mean, when I watch them play, it just they remind me so much. It's like a doppelganger, man. I mean, if you if you watch them, they're both they both tap toes. They both are high receptions. They both they both run. They they're sneaky fast, deep, but they're but they're way better than that underneath. You know what I mean? Like their route concepts, I mean, they're crisp. You cannot you cannot press them. It's impossible. If you press them, you put yourself at a disadvantage. If you sit too deep, guess what? You're at a disadvantage. You have to double team. And it and honestly, it doesn't matter who you name number one. But if they sign them and A B stay next year, I'll tell you right now, Michael Thomas will be number one, A B will be number two, and it won't matter who lines up where. It'll be it'll be domination and it'll make me sick, but it'll be domination. In and my they, opinion. And they already have solid guys. Like Traquan Smith is a solid receiver. Oh, they're building on things. That's they it's, are building it's, it's on awful. things. It's awful. Yeah, it's it's scary. Speaking of let me just go on this short little round right here. I think it's unbelievable. I think it's kind of funny also with the whole Jason Garrett situation with the Cowboys getting eliminated from the playoffs. Hopefully Jerry Jones comes off this high horse that he's on for Jason Garrett, but he probably won't. But some somebody that is blowing me away right now is Michael Gallup. Michael Gallup is yeah. pro- might – I don't even know if it's might, but it's probably the best number two wide receiver in the league. Would you uh, Would you disagree with that? Um, I, I think I would agree. I'm, I'm, I'm going running through my head as quick as I can right now. And I, I don't think I can think of another guy that is as dangerous that isn't a number, a number two guy that isn't like, you know, OBJ and Jarvis Landry. Cause you could say Jarvis Landry could be that guy. Okay. But this year, but like, Michael Gallup is better than both of them. There you go. But, so, but I'm, am I saying he's better than yeah. Odell Beckham? No, I'm not. Am I saying he may be better than Jarvis Landry? Yes, I am. I think there's a gap between so Landry and you, you. Okay, you're you're taking a team, and you think you you can have Gallup or you can have Jarvis. Who who are you taking? Right now. Yeah. I'd probably take Jarvis okay, Landry, bro. I'd probably take Gallup. The only reason I would I would even in one point lean towards Jarvis is because of how much he buys in, man. Jarvis Landry goes into a locker room and gets everyone gives to buy in immediately. Gives it, he gives you I don't think Gallup man. is a guy like that, but dude, Gallup, what, what is it? It's the, This year, the Cowboys had the first pair of wide receivers, being Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup, to have both have a 1,000-yard seasons since, I think it was Dez Bryant and Jason Witten. I mean, Gallup is the real deal, man. He really is. He, he's. You could see him building on it last year. Okay, Mari Cooper came in and kind of stole his thunder a little bit, right? Yeah. But this year, Gallup, I mean, he is he is a dominant guy. It doesn't matter who's guarding him or who's across from him being cornerback. He's putting up numbers. I mean, let me look at that team, man. You've got Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, Ezekiel Elliott, and I also like Tony Pollard, right? Tony uh, Pollard. Tony Pollard's a really talented running back. He is really talented. He, he, does, he does everything really well. And I'm not going to say anything you need to do. All respect to Jason Witten, but Hall of Famer, first ballot. Hall, whenever first he decides ballot, to go. Hall of Famer. Whenever he decides, I think it's time for him to go ahead and decide, but that's not my call. But <laughs> yeah, good luck. He's he's yeah. agreed to a contract with like snap count limits. But, but <laughs> let's do look at look at look at the uh, yeah, okay, who was I saying earlier? 
that may have uh, I can't remember what episode I was in, but I was talking about like the best wide receiver core, right? Okay, honestly, by how they've played this year, Bo, it could be Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, and Randall Cobb. It could be. I mean, they're all talented enough guys to make that argument for sure. Like, you know what I mean? Like who I don't really know. Of, and let's not get into this, but, you know, we'll. Yeah, I'm just that, that, to that's, a, that's a rabbit hole right there, man. That's a rabbit hole. We're going to sink right down into that one. Anyway, Bo, some other news that just broke out today, guys. The Browns fired head coach Freddie Kitchens. I think this definitely needed to happen. They yeah. ended their 2019 season by losing to the 1-14 Bengals. And finish six and ten after all that hype this offseason, bro. All that hype. We're going to the Super Bowl. Their odds by Bovada like dr- jumped jumped dramatically, which they probably should have. You know, I would probably do the same thing if I was looking at their team getting Olivier <laughs> Byrne and Miles, and they have Miles Garrett, and you got Odell coming in, you got Baker. Uh, Baker won. No, 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 wait. No, did Baker win rookie of the year? I think uh, Saquon won rookie of the year. Saquon, year, right? yeah, yeah, but. You had a guy like Baker was playing last year. I don't know who it was this year at quarterback, but I mean, I don't mean Baker only played like seven games last year too. Yeah, yeah. So you know, I don't know, man. Like I said, I said this. I think believe on episode three. Give me Ron Rivera, man. I think Ron Rivera would be great for the job. He knows how to deal with big personalities. Yeah, well, um, have you heard the reports that uh, the Redskins are like he's their top candidate, man? Well, I'm sure that I'm sure that he is. Ron Rivera should be is the number one coach out there right now. Yeah, for sure. I mean, let's look at look at let's look at all the the um, Redskins the coaches, got the money. The coaches right now. Them. I also also saw I was reading a couple of things today that Josh McDaniels is in play for the Panthers. You know, I have friends that would lose their mind over that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. Steele would lose his mind over Steel that. Steele lose his mind over that. That's really the one guy I was talking <laughs> yeah, about. I, no, I stop exactly. trying to. I keep trying not to mention Steele because he'll get all big headed on me. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna mention him because I got I got it. He's he's mentioned it to me and I got a shout yeah, out. Yeah, so so I, I know I, I know Steele would never stop talking about it, but but and I think it's uh I'm trying, I'm trying to think about the other coaching candidate they're having right now, but. You know, you you got and then you got for the Cowboys, Lincoln Riley and Urban Meyer are like the top guys Jerry Jones is looking at. Yeah, and I've been hearing Urban Meyer could be a front office candidate in Washington. I could see that. I really could see that, Bo. But getting back to the the Freddie Kitchen situation, I believe just hear me out, Bo. I believe that they wasted an unbelievably talented roster that they had. And what what's crazy to me, and I think you saw it over the the as the season panned out is that Odell Beckham was not being used correctly. Yeah. I think, I think he's had his worst career, his worst year ever he's had in his career. And it's not Odell Beckham's fault. It's literally not his fault. It's been the play of Baker Mayfield. I think it's been play calling. Offensive then, line. Offensive it affects line. Him. So, and then you had, then you have Nick Chubb, right? Which, which let me, I have to get this out. Way to go, Pretty Kitchens. You ran Nick Chubb. He had a stronghold in the rushing title. And then you run the guy. You have nothing else going for you this season. Why don't we get the rushing title? No, I don't think I will. I'm only going to rush him 13 times a day, and Derrick Henry wins it. Yeah, maybe that's me being a salty Georgia fan. That's Who knows? A salty, Jacob. But, but, but I actually saw people talking about it, man. And they were saying, way to go, Kitchens. Like, way to screw that up, too. You and, just can't you just can't coach a team and walk up in the locker room when you start doing it before the game and be like, All right, we're gonna get we're gonna get Nick this award today. Of course, fight of course hard. you can't do you that. Know of course I mean? you can't do it. Of course you can't do that. But Nick Chubb has been their best offensive player this year, correct? Yeah. Okay, and why run him only thirteen times? 
I yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely he was trying to save his job today. Running Nick Chubb thirteen times is not saving your job. No, no, I agree. Running Nick Chubb, uh, Nick Chubb around twenty twenty five twenty six times is gonna maybe yeah, you put Kareem Hunt on the mother on I don't know, put Kareem Hunt on the bench and run the run the best running back in the AFC as many times as you can. But I mean, but let's you, let's think about this. So. He also got Kareem Hunt, a very talented player. I have nothing against Kareem Hunt. Do I think uh, Chubb should be the starter? Yeah, I do. But I think Kareem Hunt's unbelievably talented. Then you have Landry. You have – I know he was hurt for a lot of the season. David Njoku, right? Yeah. Very talented tight end. He'll um, be back next year, and the hype will be just as big as when we started this one. And then, till and it, then till you – Until the bubble bursts again. You had an extremely talented defense. Yeah, and then another still, thing that, that it's going to be talented when Garrett's back next year. It's going to be it's going to be scary. Yeah, and then another thing that showed me as it comes. Another thing that showed me that Kitchens wasn't doing a great job in that locker room was the whole Miles Garrett situation. Was when when Miles Garrett got in trouble, you know, you, there has to be discipline in that locker room. And like I yep. said, we, I think we talked about this on episode two, man. That you know, Freddie Kitchens didn't handle that correctly. He came out wearing a shirt that said Pittsburgh started it. You, you, like embra- he, you embraced your best player getting suspended for the year. Yeah, he embraced How do it. you embrace that? It's like he wore it with pride. You don't he, do that. He did, and he let, he let his children dictate it. it so, it's, so It's not as an adult you look at your kid and say, this isn't appropriate even if you want me to do it. You know, and I, I don't want to – we don't need to trek back down that road because I, I remember saying that exact thing. In the, in the in episode what two whatever we talked about it yeah you just you can't you can't fall into your kids you know uh, persuasion with that you no, just no, you got to lead by example man it's what's why you're getting fired that's right now Bo something else you want to talk about tonight and I completely agree that it was a great idea seeing as how things are going for some of our teams mm-hmm. I want to revisit the Super Bowl predictions we had yep. on episode one yep. well, now, and guys, I'll be, yeah, it will I will admit that things are changing right now. Okay, I'll, I'll say the same. Well, one of mine's changing. So, guys, if you don't remember, on episode one, we did our Super Bowl picks. Bo said that he had the Saints versus the Patriots. Yep. And I had the Packers versus the Patriots. I'm going to go out here. I haven't heard Bo's picks, but I'm going to go out the here and say that. Revised picks? The revised one. Yep. Uh, I'm going to go out here and say that Bo doesn't have the Pats anymore. Uh, that That is the limb I would go on. Yes, sir. Okay. Let me ask you this. Do you still have the Saints? Yes. Okay. All right. So, Bo, you, t- uh, you go ahead and tell everybody who you have put in instead of the Pats and who the Saints would play in, in your Super Bowl matchup. Um. Yeah, it shouldn't be a secret. It should be pretty obvious. I'm going to go with uh, the Ravens and the Saints. Um, the Ravens have, have obviously shown uh, that they're the best offense in the poss- – I would say possibly the league when they're all on the field and they're doing their thing. Uh, Lamar Jackson seems to be unstoppable. There isn't a defense – in the AFC, in the playoffs, that I think can really can take that on and and hold him because I mean if you're going to beat the Ravens, you're going to have to hold them to 21 to 25 points somewhere in there, and then 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 find a way to outscore uh, Matthew Judon, uh, Mar- Marcus Peters, uh, Marlon Humphreys, uh, you know all these guys, Jimmy Smith. I mean all these guys that are just unbelievable freak players. You're going to have to find a way to then score that many points to beat them. And, you know, I did say, I, I remember it, I will say, you know, the whole, you know, where Bo was wrong, whatever you want to call the segment, you know, I said that it was, how are you going to beat New England twice in a year? Well, you, it, 
Lamar Jackson is just going to take care of that from what we can see. The New England defense isn't exactly what it was in the first, first few weeks of the year. Their offense is – I don't see how their offense could score 21 points on the Ravens. I mean, can you? Okay, so I agree with that. Okay, I don't – that the Ravens are not my pick. I, well, right. I'm gonna I'm gonna leave the Saints of what I said. They're balanced. They're good. They're still good. I mean, All right, who wins? Who wins that matchup between the Saints and the Ravens? Yeah, the Ravens, man. Okay, so you have Lamar Jackson in his second year in the league, bringing home a Super Bowl to Baltimore. Uh, yeah, because I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think I see the Chiefs stepping up to beat them. Um, and the Patriots, like you said, like we've just said, the offense is just is is struggling is I think, I mean, I think they'll figure out how they want to move the ball come the playoffs because they're the Patriots. But at the same time, like the Ravens defense is playing really well. Well, here's something, here's something that, that I don't think a lot of people have understood what the Ravens have done. The Ravens basically, you know, okay. What, what is the most important, what, what position is getting paid the highest right now in the NFL on defense, Bo? Just answer that for me real quick. Uh, uh, edge rusher. Okay, okay. Now just hear me out. Edge rusher is making the most money, right? Yeah. Okay. What did the Ravens do this past offseason? They gave away their best – two of their best edge rushers. One okay. had to go. Okay. Who are you talking about? Which one are you Terrell talking Suggs. about? Terrell Okay, Terrell Suggs. Old. Then you had Zadarius Smith as well. That's the one you had to question. Okay, you had to question that. But let's hear it out. So they just gave up their two best players at that position. Yeah. That The most important position – you know, in quotations, that that the league is saying is the most important. I would say it's that than cornerback right now. Okay, so so this is what the Ravens did, guys. And I've looked into this a lot. I've read a lot about it. And this it's kind of come – it's become clear to me. The Ravens, a lot of teams build their defense from front to back. But the Ravens built their defense from back to front. What they did is – they put, I think they dropped five. I think they have five first rounders or four first round cornerbacks in their uh, secondary, or just in their secondary in general. I think it's four first round picks. Okay. Yeah. Then they gave up those edge rushers, right? But they still got guys that can get up there and do the job. Yeah. Okay. They still got guys on the D line that can do the job. So they have incredible and incredible secondary, right? Yeah. So it's it's starting to show, man. If you just have guys up front. In, in the front seven that can do the job and just pressure the quarterback a little bit, and then you have some amazing guys in the secondary, you can win like that. You don't have to have two amazing edge rushers and kind of, all right, like solid cornerbacks, right? You would, you'd be better off having like some good D tackles that you draft late that get pressure up the interior. And then have some solid secondary players, solid yep, yep, safeties, right? Yep. And that's what the Ravens have done. That's yep. exactly what the Ravens. Well, Judon's have. having a great year, Judon but they don't. Is having the, the other side of the ball, like I guess Judon's going all, he's rushing the blind side, the right side of the defense. Their left outside linebacker, I don't think, is quite as good as Judon. But I mean, it's like you can't even see him out there because Judon's know, so good. Ooh, ooh, getting chills. Yeah, but that, that's that's exactly what they've done, man. They've built it from the back to the front, and that secondary is so good, and they're getting just enough effort and push up in the front that it, that it's it's bothering the quarterback and he's making mistakes with the football because the the corners and the safeties are so good yep and so, i mean so, dude, you got you got marlon humphrey and marcus peters back there turnover machines you got tony earl jefferson, Tom- and earl earl thomas bro what, what earl what? thomas tony jefferson let me let's look at these guys Turnover monsters man that's that's what i'm saying man so, so let me so i'm gonna tell you my super bowl picks now 
Yeah. So I still, I still have the Packers. I picked the Packers before. I still have them in there. People can question that all they want to, but the other team in the NFC with the bye, by the way, the Saints Saints play first round. So, so my thing is one, it's Aaron Rodgers. Two, Aaron Jones is playing like a man this year. Okay. Mm. I think it's been a while. When's the last time Aaron Rodgers had a running back like that? Yeah, sure. Eddie Lacy had what one good year, and then I picked him up for fantasy next year, and he completely busted. So, so. Uh, that's roll tide for you. But yeah. anyway, um, then you've got, you know, you've got Devontae. And I, I know some of the receivers have been banged up this year, right? But they have that defense now. Speaking of Zadarius Smith, okay, that's where he's at now. You've got Preston Smith, yep. the two Smith boys back there. They're playing well, man. They're playing really well. They're, they're playing Jair Alexander, mm-hmm. who, is, who is props to one of my friends again. He knows who he is who picked Jair Alexander out of that draft. I wasn't as high on him as he was, and he's come out and he's bald. That Jair Alexander has literally showed that it's a myth. It's a myth that the the taller, longer cornerbacks are what you need in the NFL. Because Jair yeah. Alexander is, small, is a small guy, man. He is a small guy. But anyway, I think that Aaron Rodgers has a defense that he's not used to having. Oh, for he's sure. A, he's never, he's, I don't think he's ever had it. He's a running back that he's not used to having. Not just a running back, a guy that can go out and catch, catch passes. And let's not forget about Jamal Williams either. Jamal Williams has been a boss this year, man. Yeah, he's, he's been showing up about, as, a big about play. as good as a number two back gets. Exactly. So you have a solid rotation right there. And then it's Aaron Rodgers. Now, Aaron Rodgers, I am going to say, is not playing like the normal Aaron Rodgers. He really is not. He's missing easy throws. He's underthrowing yeah. guys. He's overthrowing guys. He's making Body language mistakes. is always Body awful. Language. It always is awful. But but it's Aaron Rodgers, man. You gotta respect him. So Bo, I guess I'll take the by that body language. <laughs> so so I mean, I'll take that body language every day. But <laughs> I mean, what would you? Come on now. So my thing is, <laughs> here's my other team, Bo. Okay. Right. This may catch you off guard. It's not the Ravens. Okay. You're gonna say the, the pa- Chiefs, bro? The Cavs, the uh, the Cavs, the Packers are gonna be playing the Kansas City Chiefs. You really think so? I believe so. You think Which, the Chiefs' oh defense gosh, can play can down imagine, the stretch? Can you imagine? Can you imagine that when when Patrick Mahomes was playing last year, the way he was playing, everybody was like, "Oh man, like I think Rodgers is the only guy better than him, or maybe he's even better than Rodgers." Imagine seeing these two guys match up in the Super Bowl. And I'm not just saying this because that's what I want to see. I'm, I believe it's going to happen. P- Patrick Mahomes was so close last year, man. So close, right? His defense yeah. let him down last year. I don't think it's going to be the same way this year. They've added a couple solid pieces. Okay. Yeah. And I think, right, like no one can really stop the Ravens. But tell me someone who's really, okay, yeah, the Chiefs have lost some games. But tell me right now the Chiefs are rolling. No, they are, they're definitely rolling. They are rolling. And, and when, when, but when I would say gets rolling, the way – Who stops him? I yeah, would well, argue, I would well, argue yeah. that it is hard, harder to stop – it was harder to stop Patrick Mahomes last year when he was rolling than it was to stop Lamar Jackson this year. I would say, yeah, okay. You would say stopping Pat Mahomes last year is harder to stop than was Lamar hard, this year? Yeah, it was harder for defensive coordinators to plan against Patrick Mahomes last year than, I would say, against Lamar this year. Now, obviously, they haven't been on a plan against Lamar, so you know, don't call yeah, me out. I mean, they're 14-2. and two. It's kind of a tough argument. That's but what I'm saying. I, but I could see it. I mean, you MVP can't, versus MVP. You can't so, – so you can coach against a mobile quarterback, right? Yeah. You can't coach against generational arm talent. Well, 
You can coach against a mobile quarterback as well, but I mean, Lamar's proven this year not to just be a mobile quarterback. That's true, but do you really think Lamar Jackson, say they really lock in, say they really lock in on him, do you think that— Do you think the Chiefs can lock in on him with Okafor and uh, and, uh, Bogba or whatever his name is out now? And they got got Terrell Suggs just learning the system. Terrell Suggs came out and balled today. Against the Chargers, bro. Still a solid team. I don't care what anybody says. They're Char- all Char- right. They're, they're the all right. They're not solid. They have Philip Rivers running them into the ground right now. <laughs> yeah, they need to get rid of Philip Rivers. So, I, so they I don't, be, they'll probably be going quarterback in this draft at some point. And, and then they added a a huge piece with uh, Tyron Matthew. And he's but you balling. Just don't, you don't hear about you don't hear about the char- the Chargers front like their offensive line being good uh, you ever. Don't, you don't, it's but a, they've, it's they've a, been banged up this year. It's like, like I'm a saying, card deck, bro. It's every year. What I'm saying is, you you have Lamar Jackson winning in his second season. Yeah. Right. Okay. I have Patrick Mahomes winning in his third. I don't have it just because Lamar's there, though, man. Their defense is their defense. They, like I said, they put twelve Pro Bowlers in the they, Pro Bowl. They're built. They're built to win time of possession. And yeah, and like you said, twelve Pro Bowlers. I mean that that's. The purple thing's a little inflated. It's not. Yeah, I mean, how yeah. many all? I don't know how many all pros they had. That means more to me. Yeah. But okay. I would say, I would I would just say their defense is just making plays. They're built to win time of possession. And in the NFL, if you got the ball ten more minutes than your opponent, they're not winning. And that's what the Ravens do right now. And it's it. They're the best at it right now. Like that, like I that's said, that's why man. my pick is where it is. Okay, well, like I said, you have Lamar Jackson winning in his second season. I have Patrick Mahomes winning in his third. So I would, I, I'm going with the Andy Reid factor somehow biting the Chiefs in the behind because he is not. I think this is the Andy Reid. He gets team. over the hump, man. I, I I would be happy to see that, but I'm calling against it. <laughs> I, I understand that, and, and I and I'm glad we're on different sides of that fence, and we and we did not talk about this before, and we are on different sides of the fence naturally with this, and yeah, I just I I watch the Ravens play, man, and the the way they retain the ball is, and they don't give other teams chances to score is is no one's I don't think anyone's doing it that well right now in the AFC. You know, I mean, the Chiefs are handing it, but the Chiefs are handing the ball back to people and their defense is making plays. But I would say that, I mean, I wouldn't say they've been playing the best of talent. You know what I mean? I understand that. Yes. But but I I think that if you're looking for a team, you're looking for a team that can put up stats like the Ravens can look no farther than Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I mean, mean, let's say let's say about you got a you got a great defense. We just talked about that great defense for the Ravens, it, right? Someone, at some point you got to make a stop. You know what I'm saying? That's true. That's and true. I don't know if the Chiefs are going to make that stop. I understand. I think that. the Ravens could make that stop. But my thing is, I think that you know we just talked about that great defense for the Ravens. Okay, well let's talk about Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey. They're there. Yeah, they're there. Tyreek Hill is, is a game breaker, man. And maybe Cole Hardman's solid too. You know they they have probably the best return man in the NFL this year in Hartman. No, did you see the return? Uh, oh, the 102 100, yards. 104, I think. 104, you're right. Burnt everyone, man. Yeah, he cut back, too. Like, made several moves and created that thing. So, I, I'm going with the Chiefs, man. You're going with the Ravens. I like our new picks. I'm yeah. going to stick with them. Sorry, Aaron Rodgers. It's, it's, it's second okay to be Ravens. wrong. You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. okay. The, the way they're playing at one point, Versus where they're playing now, it's okay to be wrong. The the it just the 
the Patriots, man, it's it's almost you know letting you down. How they're they're not they're not figuring it out like you think. You think by the December is their month, man, and they've been sloppy. They have been very sloppy. But Bo, I want to talk about something else right now. I'm gonna start doing this every episode, okay? I'm gonna have a little little part of the episode that's called "Let's look at some stats." Ooh. Okay. Is it? Uh, now I'm gonna tell you some unbelievable stats, or some funny stats, or some um, mind-blowing stats. All right, Bo. Okay. So you sit back, get comfortable. All of our listeners, y'all have fun with this. So, Michael Thomas, Bo, can't guard Mike. Right, well, he's proven that this year. Yeah, it's his Twitter name. <laughs> Michael Tom, Michael Thomas has broke Marvin Harrison's single-season catch record. Okay, everyone. He's having one of the greatest receiving seasons all time, all time. Right now, he is number one in receiving yards. Now, this is this season. Number one in receiving yards, number one in first downs, number one in targets, number one in catch percentage among wide receivers. That's not including tight ends. He's number two in receiving touchdowns. He has nine games with 10-plus catches. And again, he broke Marvin Harrison's single-season catch record this year. All right. Since arriving in the NFL, Bo, Michael Thomas leads the league in catches, first downs, catch rate, and contested catch rate. All right, now here's the crazy stat of the day. Here's the most receptions in the first five years of a player's career at wide receiver. I wonder okay. what he is in target percentage in the last five Ooh. years. I'm, actually, I'm going to look that up after the episode. All right, so hear me out, Bo. Most receptions in the first five years of a career at wide receiver. Okay? Number, oh, yeah. one is, number one is Jarvis Landry. He has 481 receptions in the first five years of his career. Michael Thomas is number two right there with 466, followed by Larry Fitzgerald, Torrey Holt. Hey, shout out Hargrave, Torrey Holt. Hey. A.J. Green, Julio Jones, Randy Moss. Now, what did I just say, Bo? Michael Thomas is second with 466 in the um, first five years of a career, most receptions, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. Bo, he is second in that category in his fourth season. Fourth, he has a season less played than the, all of those guys in his second. And the gap between him and Fitzgerald is 40 receptions. Oh, my God. He's going to shatter it. He also just joined the Madden 99 club. All right. <laughs> yeah. Let's go. Let's go. Uh, a controversial club, to say the least. A controversial club. All right. I will say that. But I think he deserves it. The way, oh, well, the way, uh, and I say that is almost a complete joke because the the way the internet reacted to McCaffrey getting 99 made me. I know. Honest. It was so funny. He's made playing me like a 99, yeah. but I can't, you can't give him that yet. You cannot give him you, that. What? Yet. I don't think so, man. Make him like a 98. Oh, see, this is where I'm, I'm, I'm not agreeing. I'm not agreeing. He just became like the fourth or third person to ever go a thousand. Third man, and, come on, you got to keep up with it now. You, oh, listen, listen, listen. Bro, you're messing I'm up, I'm up right you're there. Third or fourth. You're messing up my thing right here. I was going to get to that stat. You, I'm going to get to that. Stat. You saying that McCaffrey is not a 99 on Madden? Right, fine, I'll give him a 99. Up, you're, right, man. you're right. You're right. Okay, fine. Listen to this. Here's his is Michael Thomas' stats for the 2019 season, guys. Yeah. This is not a typo. 149 catches, 1,700 yards receiving, and nine touchdowns. All right. The touchdowns could be a little higher, but. Touchdowns could be higher, but are we really complaining? All there. No. Are we we really complaining? No, I'm not complaining. So, so that's an amazing season. And and it still blows my mind that it's his fourth 
um, fourth year and he's second in career receptions. What in the five? All these mark, and, five year mark. Yeah, in the five year mark, that, that still blows my mind. I mean, do you think when you think when people get voted to Hall of Fame, they consider that five year thing? I don't think they do, but I think it shows how good a guy he is right now. It is a good scale. Eight right. years from now, eight years from now, that time, that isn't going to matter for Michael Thomas because th- then it's going to be, okay, what's he done in the last – how many has he done in the last 13 years? You know what I mean? I'm but, but But sure. it, talking about Christian McCaffrey, run CMC, he is the third player in NFL history with 1,000 rush yards and 1,000 receiving yards in one season. He he is joins Roger Craig, who did that in 1985, and Hall of Famer Marshall Falk, who did that in 1999. Mm-hmm. Those are the only two two guys to ever do it. And before. I think he's like a lot better than those guys. Oh, much better. Much all respect to to Craig and Falk. Well, and Falk, maybe not Marshall Falk, but okay. Uh, but I, I think he will end up being better than Marshall Falk. But you got to give yeah, respect yeah. to Falk because Falk's Falk is the guy that he's pretty much paved the way for stuff like that. Yeah, he's an OG man. You know what he's I mean? A, and, and I don't I don't know if this is true, but you know, would it? <sighs> one of the best ever for sure. I mean, I mean it. What, what, I should absolutely. probably wait a few years before I say that McCaffrey would be better than Marshall Falk because Marshall Falk's probably top five kind of thing. But I mean, we I'm, well, I'm top five to con- like like running backs all time. Yeah, he's up there, no, bro. No, top top five or ten, he's up there, man. Okay, I'd put him in the ten range, not in five. No way in five. He's pretty amazing. But. So y'all, y'all heard the crazy stats with that stuff. I still have more, Bo, but I have one question to ask you and the listeners out there. Okay. Okay. So y'all hear about Michael Thomas's record-breaking year. Y'all have seen Christian McCaffrey this year, his record-breaking year. Who should be Offensive Player of the Year, Michael mm-hmm. Thomas or Christian McCaffrey? <laughs> I mean, and, and, I would, and you would almost think you would lean running back, but then you look at the receiver numbers that he's putting up, and, and and that lean goes away. I feel like it, it's one or the other. And I'm asking you, Bo, right now, who are you picking? CMC. Really? Yeah. I'm going. I'm going. Uh, Michael Thomas. And it's a it's a clear divide. Both guys deserve it. I'm I'm going with yards the yards from scrimmage. I mean, just it's he was their offense. He's the best running back in football this year, by far, bar none. And I and I and I've said this a lot, and I'll stand by it. If he if Michael Thomas broke the yards record, I would give it to him. But not that I'm trying to downplay the receptions don't matter because they do, and it's amazing. It's a great record to break. He's shattering it, just like he's going to shatter the five year reception thing. But scheme, volume, amount of passes these days. Everything comes into play, man. I mean, he, he it, it's a different day, you know, when it comes to receptions. And I think uh, I think a lot of people know that. So if it was the yards, yards record, I'd go with Michael Thomas. But yards of scrimmage, I'm a CMC man. He's been completely unstoppable. He's got to be, other than Lamar Jackson, lead the league in force missed tackles, man. I'm, I'm just going to – I'm going to stick with uh, CMC on my pick. Uh, it's been my pick for a while now. He's, he's, he's a one-man show, dude. All right. One-man so show. Let me give you my take for Michael Thomas. All respect to Christian McCaffrey. Until until probably the last couple of weeks, it was it was the McCaffrey show. But but what what I think is amazing, man. Okay, so McCaffrey's the third player in NFL history with the thousand rush yards and thousand receiving yards, right? So yeah. he's got some company in that. 
Michael Thomas has no company in his the uh, catch record. There is no company in that. It's his record. You know what I'm saying? I'm with you. And I think he, him also having one of the greatest receiving seasons of all time, being number one in receiving yards, number one in first downs, number one in targets, number one in catch percentage, number two in touchdowns, nine games with 10-plus catches. He's leading the league in everything almost. Now, granted, I haven't gone and looked at Christian McCaffrey. I don't know if he's leading in first downs for a running back, right? I don't know all yeah. that. Yeah. But – I think Michael Thomas leading in everything, man, is is unbelievable. That uh, I think, you know, they say that running back is it doesn't ever get enough credit, and it doesn't. But I mean, honestly, I would I, say re- receivers don't get you know. But that's what I'm gonna say. When, when do receivers either. get all this credit? I mean, yeah. since when have all of a sudden receivers started getting all this credit? I mean, dude, I mean, I, f- I feel like AB made his case to be offensive player of year plenty of years when he played for the Steelers. Plenty you know, of years, he did. Plenty, he did, he but he never had a season like this. No, but I mean, he had 120 or 30 catches and 15 TDs in a season. You know what I'm saying? The last time you know, I and saw a ton of yards. Yeah, well, the last time I saw a receiver. His last year, his last year for Pittsburgh, he had like over 13 TDs or something crazy. I'm he pretty did, sure. He did. The last time I saw a receiver do something like this in a season was like back with like Calvin Johnson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's been it's been totally dominant. I mean, he really has been. All right. So anyway, anyway, guys, thanks. you heard it. Bo's giving it to McCaffrey. I'm giving it to Michael Thomas. You guys choose for yourselves, and you know. You guys know who you think you should, you should give it to. I'd love for you guys to tell us on Twitter who yeah. you think it should go to. Let us but know. Talking about the Baltimore Ravens, Bo, your Super Bowl pick, yep. they set a new NFL record. They have the most team rushing yards in a single 16-game season with 3,166, man. Unbelievable. Ungodly numbers, man. <sighs> you just keep hearing more and more. Okay, let me, I'm going to blow your mind with this. Uh, this is actually going to blow your mind, Bo. I'm, I'm, I can't wait. <laughs> okay. The entire Baltimore Ravens offensive line this season, the entire offensive line has allowed 74 total pressures this season. Okay. Uh-huh. Now that doesn't seem that crazy until you think about this. How many Nate, pass attempts probably? No, no, no. Nate Solder alone allowed 51. <sighs> what? Matt Paradis for the Panthers, who great player, great pickup from the Broncos, but Matt Perry, what play on the offensive line gets has the least problem, you know, dealing with pressure? The center. Matt Paradis is a center, and he had 47 alone. A center had 47 allowed pressures. That's terrible. <laughs> no, no, no. I don't think it's that terrible. I think that just shows how good the offensive line for the Ravens is. Well, I'm saying 47 pressures for you know from one guy is not very good. Oh no, it's not that good. But <laughs> one guy, Nate Solder allowed 51. The entire Baltimore Ravens. Offensive line allowed 74. I mean, my God, man. Now, like you said, some of this could go to pass attempts. Yeah. It really could. Ravens are a run-heavy team. But still, I don't care how much how much you pass the ball. That is that is a unbelievable number. And just, just by the way, Bo, out of respect, uh, I got that stat via Sam Monson of Pro Football Focus on Twitter. I've talked to Sam quite a bit. Awesome guy. But I, I had to put that out there. This isn't my information. This is Sam's information that he put out there today. So we're just relaying it. Just relaying it. Not trying to take credit for anybody's <laughs> stuff, man. I'm really not. That's not what we're about here. It's Moving public on. Public knowledge. <laughs> yeah, public knowledge, man. Jameis Winston. 
is the oh, first yeah. player ever to throw for 30 touchdowns and 30 interceptions. And the, be- the best part about this, Bo, is how they're joking about, well, I can't wait for the e- ESPN 30 for 30 to be titled 30 for 30. <laughs> well, I mean, it's kind of it, it's mind blowing that he's the eighth player ever to have 5000 passing okay, yeah, yards. Yeah, so too. hear this, hear this. He threw his 30th inter- interception on the last play of the game today. And of course, it was turned for more pick six. Of course it was. To lose the game. He threw 30 interceptions. I think well, the leader last year was about 17. Exactly. Well, the, the next guy behind him is 19, and that's Baker Mayfield. Oh. So, God. so, which is, I mean, a 19 is awful. And then he won upset by it having 11 you, more. Shows you why you should invest in an offensive line. Yeah, true. But uh, Jameis Winston has 5,000-plus passing yards. He's only the eighth quarterback ever to do it, like Bo yep. said. 33 passing touchdowns. He's second in NFL this season with that. And leads the NFL in interceptions. So, it's, yeah, it's, I mean, I think a lot of people jokes, expected him to do that too. And what's hilarious? Okay, you got th- you got three number thirties here. You got he's done thirty touchdowns, he's done thirty interceptions, and the man's asking for thirty million a year. It, oh my god, he's driving a hard bargain to throw oh that many picks. Oh my gosh, man! And what's what, what's messed up is Bruce Arians and them might give it to him, like for real. They're gonna. It's that. It's that or draft another one. And yeah. you think Bruce Arians is willing to risk his job on that? I don't know, man. But do you see Bruce Arians going out here and snagging a quarterback? Honestly, I don't know. Man. I don't know. I can see Bruce Arians being like, I think I can work with this guy. Because the same about Jameis Winston was a number one overall pick. Yeah, and he, he thirty picks comes from him continuously letting him throw. Exactly. Nonstop. Exactly. Like he's also, he's James like Winston, I'm going back to you no matter what. Jameis Winston is is probably the most polarizing quarterback in the NFL. The guy will have an amazing first five passes, and then the next five passes looks like he's forgotten how to play the oh, game, and he should be probably practice just squad be, worthy. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know. I can like I said, I think I could see Bruce Arians trying to work with him and be like, Nah, like I can coach this guy. This guy's coachable. I don't think we're going to get somebody better in the draft and knows the system better than this. I could see them drafting one, but not to start. Not to start. Okay. Now, here's this. I said the crazy stat of the day was the one with Michael Thomas in the four years, right? Yeah. Okay. This stat may top it. Carson Wentz. Bo, Carson Wentz is the first quarterback in NFL history to throw for 4,000 yards but not one uh, one single receiver on his team having 500 yards receiving. What? That's unbelievable. What? Okay, they will, they one thing. They him so much, man. Dude, I remember. I remember. Carson Wentz was my was head and shoulders above golf in that draft. I, now I'm saying in my book, I had him above golf, and it wasn't even close. It wasn't you know one A and one B. It was one and two. Wentz was the best quarterback in that draft. Dude, honestly, one of my one of our buddies, uh, Jake Boyer, uh, put posed this today. I mean, he he sent it to me earlier today. I mean, the Wentz has kind of been doing. He could be flying crazy under the radar with this thing too. I mean, oh, it's, oh, it's it's not exactly breaking national news yet. You know what I mean? And see what what annoyed me, Bo. All respect to Nick Foles, and I'm so happy they got that Super Bowl, man. But they started disrespecting in a way Carson Wentz. Some people saying, oh, they should keep Nick Foles and see what we can get for Wentz. No. No. Look how that's working out down in Jacksonville. Carson Wentz is – when he is playing Carson Wentz football, 
I believe he's a top six quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, yeah, give him some receivers, and I agree. I mean, my God, man. Yeah, and Lane, give him Lane Johnson and two receivers and Zach Hurts, it's over. Yeah, he's got a rookie running back running the show down there right now. Look at his record with Lane Johnson and without Lane Johnson. Oh, it's, so it's, it's almost incredible. It, yeah, it's it's night and day. There's the show. It's, Give your quarterback some help. Give him a left tackle, and it'll change a whole lot for a quarterback. You dang right. But that those are just the crazy stats, guys. I wanted to get out there to you. I think probably that blew your mind. Uh, I don't know how much you guys are into all this, but my face lit up when I saw these stats today. So. Carson Wentz stat got me pretty pretty. Oh, oh it got me. That and the Ravens rushing stats, which makes which adds to my point about how they they're running time of possession in this league and like it's it's unbelievable. It really is. Now, Bo, something else happened today. The NFL draft order is set. Okay. Now now picks twenty picks twenty one through thirty two will be set by the outcome in the playoffs. Okay. Yeah. But for right now, I'm gonna go down the list. You got my Cincinnati Bengals with the number one pick. That should be Joe Burrow. I'm not going to harp on that. Number two, the Redskins. Three, the Lions. Four, the Giants. Five, the Dolphins. Six, the Chargers. Seven, Carolina Panthers. Eight, Cardinals. Nine, Jaguars. The Browns, just had that great season, wrap up the top ten at number ten. The Jets are at 11. The Raiders are at 12. Colts are at 13, which I think the Colts are an extremely talented team. And to be getting the 13 overall pick is amazing. Moving yeah, on, for sure. 14, the Buccaneers, 15, the Broncos, 16, the Atlanta Falcons. The Cowboys getting the 17th pick. That is an extremely talented football team to get the 17th pick. Man. Yeah, it's kind of scary what they can yeah. add to that. And 18, I bet you they go like right back to the front line. Exactly. Too. Pick number 18 goes to the Dolphins from the Pittsburgh Steelers. 19 is the Raiders from the Chicago Bears. And 20 is the Jaguars from the Los Angeles Rams. It's pretty depressing we don't get a first-round pick, but I love me some Minka Fitzpatrick. Now, guys, me and Bo have talked about it some. What we plan on doing is, especially during the offseason, we're going to be doing some mock drafts for you guys. We're going out the first round. What I would like to do moving forward is to get some maybe three-round mock drafts. You know, I'm not going to go the whole seven because a lot of people aren't going to know about the guys that we're talking about when it goes seven rounds. Yeah, uh, yeah, two or three max. Two or three max. Those are your, your big-name guys that people are going to, you know, understand what, who we're talking about and what they're uh what they could do for their football team it, it could be fun to go through that you know just like one night we'll do round one another episode round two you yeah. know if we wanted to hit three we could dabble into three because that once you get to the later into three you're getting to a lot of unless you're kind of guru in the whole draft thing you're going to be you're going to be almost googling every player you come across yeah, you really are going to be. Yeah. But moving on, Bo, let's jump into some college football, all right? I want to talk about Oklahoma versus LSU, the recap of that game. Uh, the best way I can describe it was a beatdown. <laughs> LSU dropped 63 points on the Oklahoma Sooners. Um, I don't know if you saw what Lincoln Riley's face looked like for most of that game, but he looked like he had no idea where he was and didn't know he was coaching the football team. Yeah, he looked like a deer in headlights. Um, unbelievable, man. Joe Burrow... He he was responsible for eight touchdowns, passed for seven. Yeah, I mean, completely dominant performance, man. It was what, man, what, among, what, man amongst boys. What bothered me in that game was, was when they were up like it was like 56 to like 21, bro. And yeah. Joe Burrow's still in the game. 
Well, yeah. Have we not? Have we not I, just I, seen I what happened with Tua dumb. this year? Have we not just re, re, seen what happened to Tua? They're running on you know two of at least three downs. You know what I mean? So they really they, they are they are minimizing damage, but that man yeah, takes the wrong hit. There goes your championship season. Yeah, you should. So, if, you're, if you're up five touchdowns, you should take a break until it's a three touchdown game. And I'm probably just more upset about this because that man takes the wrong hit and the Bengals aren't getting him. So take him out of the game. If Don't takes- make me go through this as a Bengals fan. I've been through enough. <laughs> so if he, so if, if Joe Burrow uh, broke his wrist on his non-throwing arm, oh and then I'm taking him. I would still lose my mind. I wouldn't be able to sleep that night. I would because <laughs> the Bengals, even though it's not the non-throwing hand, they'd be like, ah, injury prone. No, give me, you know, give me Herbert or someone. Else. Like- or say, give me Chase Young. We don't need Chase Young. We need. Joe Burrow from the state of Ohio to come and play for the Cincinnati Bengals. Being injury prone in the NFL is like being labeled a sex offender, bro. You get hurt once or twice, you're just a stigma for the rest I of your life. I know. Career. It follows you around for the rest of your life. Le- Lev Bell, man, do you still get people talking about how he how he's injury prone and like because Vontez Burfecht fell on his knee wrong f- four years ago? <laughs> you know, like it's, it's a it's a stigma, dude. And then and then let's let's talk about you know and like you said with Oklahoma, man. They couldn't get anything going. I was unbelievably impressed by the defense LSU played on Oklahoma. Oklahoma is a high-powered offense, man. They really are. Jalen Hurts isn't easy to defend. No, he's not easy to defend. And LSU was all over them. Lincoln Riley was underwhelming. I mean, he, he can coach better than that. He can coach better than that. But, I mean, you know. I think a lot of that needs to go to the defensive coordinator for LSU. I mean, he was on top of his game. And a big thing that I saw in that game was how well, how well LSU's defenders were tackling. And open field, man, they weren't letting guys get by them. They look like they look like the Patriots, the way their fundamentals were just together in general. Yeah. Now, another thing is, uh, you know, a lot of big draft prospects in that game. Caleb on chase on had a good game. Uh, like I was, ta- I was talking whole, to you during the whole game. whole field though. is just full of draft picks. Oh, oh, oh Grant Delpit. It's like one round, Christian one Holt. through four was on the field that night. And I was talking to you that night, talking about Rashad Lawrence, who, uh, you know, I told you, I, you know, I'm not even going to tell you what I told you about before the season started. But, <laughs> but, but uh, and I know you know what I'm talking about, but. Yeah, I do. Uh, you got, you got uh, those guys on that side of the ball. And then you've got Jalen Hurts. And we'll get to that. We're going to talk about this in a little bit about Jalen Hurts draft stock after that game. But I want to talk about C.D. Lamb, man. C.D. Lamb. He had a great game. And something something I heard before the game, the the announcers were saying, you know, they've got to account for Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts is the best offensive player on that football team. That isn't correct. It is very incorrect. It is C.D. Lamb. C.D. Lamb is the best offensive. Should be. You think he's going to go over Jerry Judy? I think he could. I think he's a solid chance. I'm going to be honest. Jerry Judy, I think, has a little is a little bit more polished. But he's oh flashier, bro. C D Lamb. We talked is about so episode cool. one falling for the flash, bro. I think Jerry Judy might be falling for the flash a little bit. He could be. But my God, C D Lamb is so good, man. C D Lamb still what put up like hundred and nineteen receiving yards. Yes. I mean, CD Lamb. They were is, tough yards. They were tough yards. Yeah, they were, and that's they what were that's what guys look for, man. To him. They want they want yak. They want Double, yards after yeah, the catch. Yeah. They they basically said we're gonna take CD. Let's see what the rest of you have. You know what exactly. I mean? And, and I think you know Rambo did all right, but you needed him to step up some. Yeah. Uh, you need Calcaterra to step up some. Much. So, <laughs> yeah. 
And then, of course, it was bad because they had Kennedy Brooks was their go-to running back in that game. Trey Sermon is so good. Ridiculous. He didn't play in that game. So I think that hurt him a little bit. But on the other side of the ball, Joe Burrow. Kenneth was, Murray was so in and out of that game, too. He was in and out of that game. He, he really he, was. I think he left twice, man. And it's like he never got a footing in that game. And and he he's going to be a high draft pick. And another thing is, man, on the other side of the ball, you got um, LSU for, for LSU. Joe Burrow, again, had an unbelievable game. The guy looks like – it looks like you're throwing a, a, a NFL quarterback out there in college right now. But let's talk about Justin Jefferson. And I, and I remember you even wow. texted me during the game before <laughs> yeah. before I had come over to watch it with you. You you said Justin Jefferson with the fire symbol. Yeah, killing it, man. Killing, killing it. And I, and I mentioned earlier in one of our episodes that he's the, he'd be the perfect outside downfield threat, dude. And what were all those catches – Oh, Pretty much NFL downfield catches, dude. Like oh, and I got to give dropped into the bread basket. Got to give a respect to uh, Thaddeus Moss, man. Oh, Randy dude. Moss's son. Randy Moss is up there in the stands. That kid smile, dude. It's Randy. It is Randy. And I, I, dude, I saw, I saw him smiling. He was, he was celebrating with his teammates. I was like, wow, me, that looks like Randy under the helmet, man. It, it was just awesome makes me to happy. see. Yeah, it was awesome to see Randy Moss. It was awesome to see Thaddeus be able to do that in front of his dad. Why is LSU such a feel-good story, bro? They're it, so, oh, they are. And I hate it. I hate it. It's like watching fan. Alabama, you know, two, three years ago, but you love it at the same oh, time. Oh, you want them to win so bad. I, I do. Like, it's messed up how, like, I, I want to see, you know, the whole Trevor Lawrence and them thing, and I want it to be yeah. a great game, but, like, Joe Burrow, it's like you saw that video where he found out. Uh, I don't know if you saw it, but you know uh, L- LSU, LSU's OC. His uh, uh, daughter-in-law was killed in a plane crash. Yeah, is you know, rest in peace. I prayers to his family. Uh, that's just so terrible. Can't imagine dealing with that. But you know when they broke the news to Joe Burrow on the field after that game, and the and he basically ended the interview right after that and was like, I need to go talk to my coach. And yeah, well, see, and have another thing is, you know, it's amazing, man. There's another thing is, with that, maybe you know, a, uh, you know, analysts and stuff shouldn't bring up information like that. Why don't you just ask? They should ask about before the, game? the interview. Yeah, start. don't don't ask about that like on the spot because clearly it caught Joe Burrow off guard. It messed him up to where he couldn't do an interview anymore. And, knows, and it, it messed his up coach the didn't want to tell him that before the game. Exactly, and you know, you know, the, it messed the analyst up too. If you heard the way he was like, uh, um, well, he didn't know what to say oh, yeah. after he found out Joe Burrow didn't know you, about it. You could see the guy on the far left just looking at him like, but, my bad. And but basically. I want to talk about the Ohio State and Clemson game too, Bo. Yeah. Okay. Unbelievable game. It looked like Ohio State was going to win this game, but Bo, I was with you for it. I kept saying Clemson's going to win this football game. All right. You, you did. You really did. And I think my I think my playoff pick was Ohio State, LSU, wasn't it? It was. It was. So. Yeah. So I. Bo, picked you lose a point down. on that one, and I'm in the lead now, guys. So <laughs> yeah. exactly where I should be. Hey, Jacob's got it. So so. The Clemson game, man, Ohio State, when they came out and played that game in the first quarter, Ohio State looked like they came out and it was, it was a completely different objective for them. Clemson was playing football, and Ohio State was playing hardball. Ohio State came out. They were hitting harder. I remember I remember, I said something to you about this when we were watching it together. But when Travis Etienne was running, he was running to the right side about to turn up field. And he – when ETN runs, he runs hard and with a lot of steam, man. And he, and he knows and, where he's going. Exactly. Once, and, and as soon as he, it's he's in gonna his make hand. Contact. He's going to make contact. He's going to make contact hard. But I saw, and I didn't know who it was, but I saw Ohio State guy. I mean, lay, I mean, body this man. Lay him out. 
And I was like, wow, like, you know, what linebacker did that? No, Bo, it wasn't a linebacker. It was a cornerback by the name of Jeffrey Okuda. Yep. Jeffrey Okuda. You're, you're, you're oh, top cornerback in the coming draft. I can't even. Okuda keeps doing more and more to impress me. He's it, was, so, it, was the, it was the Okuda show in the first half. It was the Okuda show. It really was. It wasn't the Chase Young. He, he pretty much took T. Higgins out of the game until he did. the third quarter. Well, he technically did take him out of the game because he yeah. ripped his helmet off and landed on top. Uh, well, I don't want to make it sound dirty, but no, I'm saying no, like pretty no. much. It, it wasn't dirty, guys. It it's wasn't football, dirty. Bro, it's football, bro. It's football. I mean, after after the play with Okuda, and uh, I don't know who that was, the safety over there, there's like a two guys in the mix. Okuda is the one who hit him in with the helmet and knocked him down. I think removed the helmet, but like right after that hit, T. Higgins had to leave. I'm not saying it was dirty. I'm just saying no, no, he had, I, he had I to think go. T. Higgins was shaken up. I mean, it, it's football. It's contact sport. That's what happens. Mm-hmm. But but another thing is now I got to ask you about this. Well, let's okay, let's keep going with this. And I'll get to it in a minute. So I think Bo. You know, Ohio State came out. They were playing well. Justin Fields led them straight down the field in the opening drive of the game. They didn't get a touchdown, but they kicked a field goal, right? But he was so Ohio automatic. State was up 16-0 at one point. They were. They were up yeah. 16-0. Um, Wild. And I believe it was – I think it was like 23-3 to three at one point maybe, 23-10. to 10, I don't you, know. You think J.K. Dobbins running the way he was? That's a lock, man. Oh, J.K. Dobbins in that game, his draft stock is – I didn't think it could really – I knew it could get higher, but it would be hard. Oh. In that game, J.K. Dobbins took over with some long runs, his pass-catching ability. He, I think he showcased just about everything a running back needs to showcase. Oh, he, he showcased Breakaway, everything. cutting back, oh, finding he, your holes, vision, power. It was all there. It was all there, man. And then you've got K.J. Hill played well, right? Justin Fields, yeah. like I said, played well. He wasn't as mobile as he normally is, it right? Look, it, it didn't look all there. It, it didn't know. look all there, but it wasn't not there either. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like for sure. He he was a solid 85, 90 percent. I think there. him and Lawrence are him and Lawrence are coming out together, right? And well, they're coming out next year. Yeah, yeah. yeah now now Trevor Lawrence, he oh man, he got popped. All right, guys, you all know about this. Sean Wade came down with a corner blitz, and I mean, just cracked this guy. I wonder how he stayed in the game. Well, okay, so I know he had to come out for one play. I thought immediately when I saw the hit and they on replay, I thought I was like, all right, he just broke Trevor Lawrence's collarbone. That's it. That there goes the comes the Tigers. Congratulations, Ohio State. But you know, then Lawrence comes back in and immediately is throwing like a deep ball, right? It's right yeah. on target. But Sean Wade gets ejected for that for that. And, and okay, I understand he did leave with the leave with the crown of his helmet. Okay. This is what I think. I don't think he led with the crown of his helmet. I think he came in, and w- what people need to understand is, say say a guy's coming at me, Bo, all right? Say a guy's coming at me, and he's about to rock me. What do you do? You grab the ball, and you tuck Defend your yourself. head down. You tuck your head down and get your shoulder up. So, of course, he's going to hit Trevor Lawrence's head, man. Like, it's not – you got to think about the speed at the, of this game – these guys are coming downhill, and they're coming downhill fast. They're looking to make a play. I don't think Sean Wade was coming down to hurt somebody. Yeah, and Sean, I think, and I think I like this is where, way, like, ref consistency comes into play that they just it don't does have come into this play year. Here, man. I, I think when I saw that replay, I didn't think Sean Wade was trying to hurt Trevor Lawrence. I don't think he was no, trying to No, Sean Wade's a clean player. You can literally see Trevor Lawrence get, bend his head Th- down. This, this Ohio State team's not a dirty, like, Urban Meyer days kind of dog mentality, dude. They are, they play it by the book, dude. 
And shout out to Ryan Day, man. Yeah, he's a good. Ryan good Day, got great a good coach, years ahead. But but like I said, Sean Wade handled it correctly. He went up to all of his teammates, told them to play their best, win it. You know, unfortunately, that was not out the was not the outcome. But congratulations to Clemson. They won an amazing football game. Um, Ohio State played great. They it's made it so, worth watching, man. It was oh, a lot 100%. Of fun. And, it, and it was much more watchable than the LSU game, even it's, though I still watch that much game. everything you want, you know, in a game. There's a deficit. Someone comes back. They fight. They find themselves throughout the game. And then they And then after they find themselves, they stick to their guns. I think that's yeah. what Clemson did. They never let they never let being down turn them into a team that isn't Clemson. You know what I mean? They did what yeah. they did well. They, they got the ball to the guys that made them successful hey, all year, play, and they play, stuck to their defense. Play with the eye of the tiger, baby. That's and, what Dabo told him before the yeah. game. Play with the eye of the tiger. Play Clemson football. Exactly, and he told. I mean, he told Brent Venable to go win the game, and and Brent Venable, and they did win the game. I mean, Nolan Turner caught the interception, but it was a route breakdown by Ohio State at the end of the game that did cause it. So, and 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 I think Brent Venable. I don't know how many years he's going to stay there. Because yeah. I feel like year after year, his his guys have come up making big plays on defense. They man. have, they have. But but here's, I think I saw we saw some unbelievable catches in that game. Dude, yeah. Olav, KJ Hill, the KJ Hill catch. Whew. That man should be a high bro. jumper. On dude, he probably he must have Olympic. Been. Must but, have been. But guys, like I said, we. Uh, what ended up happening with the games, LSU won against Oklahoma. Clemson pulled it out against Ohio State. It will be LSU versus Clemson. I feel uh, bad for Clemson because they are going to be playing LSU in the national championship, and it's practically going to be a home game for LSU. Pretty much. It's in New Orleans. Yeah. I mean, my God, who wants to play LSU to begin with right now, and who wants to play them in their home state? Uh, not me. And let me, let me tell you something I heard, Bo. This is kind of off topic, but – so, so before the game in Atlanta with LSU and Oklahoma, um, a hotel in Atlanta, a bunch of LSU fans rushed in, right? Rushed in? What do you mean? They rushed in to stay there. They, they you know, they okay. took over the hotel. And Bo, they, uh, they completely drank every bit of the alcohol in the hotel, and the hotel ended up winding up not having any more alcohol left. Is that surprising? <laughs> no, it's not surprising. I think it's hilarious though. <laughs> I just picture a bunch of Edos in there. Oh, yeah. Hey, can I get another shot? Purposefully mumbling. Purposely mumbling. Then you definitely can't hear him. You know, he's drinking. Oh, fireball, please. Fireball, please. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, so, uh, anyway, bro, I want to talk about something else. We're coming to the end of 2019, right? End of a decade. Yep. So, I want to visit this. Who was the best number one draft pick of this decade? And I'm going to give them to you, and you tell me, okay? All right, yeah. Right. In 2010, it was Sam Bradford. Okay. Now, Sam Bradford, how high is he on uh, your list hey, of, of give, quarterbacks? Give the whole list. Okay. Not high. He's not a starter. Okay, so he's not high. No. Okay. So let's see here. Oops. Sorry about that. All right. So 2011, obviously, was Cam Newton. Yeah. 2012 was Andrew Luck. Okay. 2013 was Eric Fisher. Okay. 2014 was Jadavian Clowney. 2015 was Jameis Winston. 2016 was Jared Goff. 2017 was Miles Garrett. Obviously, 2018 was Baker Mayfield, and this year was Kyler Murray. So you got who's Bradford. My, who's, my, 
Who, who's your number one? Who's that? been the guy, the best guy, the best number one overall pick in the NFL of the decade? Either Cam Newton or or Miles Garrett. Okay. One or the other, and I uh, and I don't think Miles Garrett's played long enough to give him the title. So Cam Newton's the only MVP in there, bro. Okay. Here's where. Okay. Oh, okay. All right. Cam Newton took his team to the Super Bowl. You're right. And he's 15 to one with an MVP. He's the only. He's the only one. Okay. I mean, look at look at his record. I mean, I, I mean, I'm not a Cam super how fan, close, but is it hard how can not you to make say that? Andrew Luck? Sure. Did he win MVP ever though? I mean, <laughs> I think he would have this year if he played. You know, RIP to this past season. That's but, a that's a dude you thought you think he would have won MVP over Lamar Jackson this year. That's okay. A big, okay. That's a big uh, okay, statement. Okay. Okay. That's not okay. Hey, but yeah. it's the universe, man. One little thing changes and everything changes. It does. I mean, Andrew Lamar Luck takes the wrong Lamar step on a turf field trained. and he's torn ACL exactly. for sure. So, but, you know, all things considered, Lamar's your MVP. You know what okay. I mean? So, so Andrew Luck, I think it would be, even though Cam won the MVP that year, I think it's it's close with Luck, but I'm still taking Cam. You're right. I'm taking Cam. My list would my list would fall, and I'll I'll give you Andrew Luck. My list because of how young Miles Garrett would be, and then Jadavion Clowney's no slouch. I would say it's Cam for me. It's Cam Luck, uh, and then it's Clowney Garrett. However you want to go, and then you then you start from there on. Mine's gonna be Cam. Okay. Yeah, you got Cam's an MVP. You have to go. So with Cam, Cam is number one. Cam is number have one. Have to go with Cam. I'm trying to think. It's close between Garrett and Luck per second because I think Garrett is going to be unbelievable. So here's what I'm gonna do. Here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do Cam Newton, Miles Garrett, Andrew Luck, Jadavion Clowney. I like it. I like. I mean, Clowney's got to be number four. And and sorry, guys, we're not gonna keep going past that. We're on a tight. You know, we're trying to keep the podcast time limit down now. We've been running over some, but that's our that's our top four in order. It mine is Cam Newton, Garrett, Luck. Clowny. That's my yeah, top four I, in order. I like it. But moving on, Bo, you asked me some of these questions before we got on the podcast, and I want to just touch back on them. You asked me, is Trevor Lawrence still the top quarterback in his class? The answer is yes. I agree. He is the top quarterback in his class. I do believe it's going to end up being a 1A and 1B with fields, but Trevor Lawrence is 1A. A becomes before B. We all know that. So Trevor Lawrence is the top quarterback prospect in his class. He got off to a slow start. This year, people are starting to say maybe the hype train had left the station before it should have. No, he just showed that is not true. Look what he just did in that in the uh, Fiesta Bowl. Unbelievable game. Also, him putting on the burners for that rushing touchdown, man. Yeah. Dude, this guy, he's faster than you think he is. He really, really is. A great athlete. He's man. more athletic than you think he is. I, we all talk about fields, but Lawrence is very is, is quick, man. He's because quick he's so, his arm is so good, you don't have to see it. Yeah, man, and he looks like sunshine. So you know he's you know he's a top quarterback prospect. <laughs> so you also asked me this, Bo. It's Jalen Hurts stock down right now after the game he had against LSU. I'm gonna say yes. Okay, you're gonna say yes. Give me a reason why. Uh, he was inaccurate. <laughs> okay, any other reason other than that? Um, he looked outmatched. Uh, like I said, inaccurate. Uh, completion percentage was down. Uh, looked flustered under pressure, even though he has the ability to get out of it. Um. I mean, I don't think he on the what read option they ran. It didn't. I'm not, you know, an aficionado, but didn't all look clean to me. You know what I mean? They okay, they, I they ran that. into pressure look jumbled a lot. Some, yeah. They ran. In, think, they, they ran into the pressure a ton, in my opinion. I, mean, I think his stock is down, but not a whole lot. He'll. I, I mean, he'll still go 
top two rounds I, probably, but I he's, would say he's, he's going to fall going something. I think he's 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 a late second, mid third guy. Yeah. His accuracy, I think his his accuracy, he's going to have the Lamar Jackson cliche when he comes well, out, but cliche, it'll be, it'll it'll it. yeah, it'll be up to him to change that. Yeah, man, it's a cliche. Guys can't run the go like can only run a go route. Oh, this guy is accurate. Yeah, and like, he's the kind of guy that isn't going to change that reputation in practice either, bro. It's going to have to be in a game. Yeah, it, it really is. It really is. But you also asked me this, bro. And I, I don't know if you were making this statement to me or if you were asking me. Are okay. you saying that J.K. Dobbins is the number one running back this year for you in the draft? Or were you asking me, is Dobbins the number one running back in the draft this year? It, it, I posed it to you as a question, but it was because that's how I feel. If that makes sense. So, so, so you feel like right now, if you have your big board and your running back rankings, Dobbins is at the top of that list. The way he played against Clemson's defense, he yes. Okay, so here's my list, and it, it's uh, and I hate this because I, I mean, wish at, I at went, the end I'm not went, saying, went to the t- towards the top as well. Uh, that's true. He, the yeah. way the way Etienne played was very like modern NFL. The a, way a, he showed Etienne, out. He he had the most receiving yards on his team. He looked like yeah, he looked like CMC, dude, for real. Like the Ooh, way he played that game. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if I can say that. That's uh, that's a very high high praise. Well, I mean, dude, like you said, he led his team in receiving yards. How else would you describe a CMC game? Yeah, but <laughs> is that because of of the good defense by Ohio State on the receivers though? Because it's because Ohio State pinned their ears back and let the running back be open. Okay, all right, I'll give that to you. That's what happens when you overcommit Paniers back. You let up the short pass. That's yeah, what that's he true. did. He he turned he turned a three yard pass into a fifty yard game. What twice? Yeah, twice. But Bo, uh, I'm gonna say my my rankings are. I'm gonna do your. Uh, I'm not gonna do like a list. I'm saying the top three in order running backs for me is DeAndre Swift. And I hate saying that because I know some people are gonna think I'm being biased because he's at <laughs> yeah. Georgia. But it's, it's hard not. not it's, to it's, think it, that, it's really not. It's, it's really not. DeAndre Swift is my number one running back this year. He 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 fits the modern offense in the NFL, and I think he's a better pass catcher than Etienne Dobbins or any of that. I, I think he's just a better. He has a better feel for it. Okay, it's so, but right now Dobbins has jumped Jonathan Taylor for the number two spot. It is now DeAndre Swift, J.K. Dobbins, Jonathan Taylor, Travis Etienne, and then uh, Chubba Hubbard. Yeah, and well, the thing, and you know, with this whole college football playoff thing, like. ETN, say he comes out, catches another two short passes for 30, 40 yard touchdowns. Dude, his his stock's just going to go through the through the Oh, well, it is, man. It's, it's not well, like, I can't wait to see these it, guys. It, the college football playoff sh- gives guys, like, look at Josh Jacobs. He went off the college football playoff and he, the first rounder. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah, that's so just when you got the big eyes down. on you and the big stage, man, that's what counts. But what I can't wait for, man, unfortunately, you know, it's killing me that I can't be at the NFL Combine this year, but. I can't wait to see what these all these amazing running backs do with the combine. It was an amazing combine in 2017. It's gonna be a fun draft. Oh, it's gonna be an extremely fun draft, man. And and just to, to just to announce this real quick, yo, everyone knows about the crazy uh, combine performances that that uh, that players have put up. Miles Garrett put up some freakish combine uh, numbers. DK Metcalf put up extremely freakish combine numbers. This year's guy to watch is Isaiah Simmons from Clemson. I don't know if you saw this, but I don't know if you pay attention to this, but when J.K. Dobbins broke that first long run, the guy I was watching at all the Clemson defenders chasing him, I wanted to see where Isaiah Simmons was. Yeah, it's been on, it's Isaiah been on the Simmons internet a little bit. Isaiah Simmons outran Justin Fields 
and was the guy that was closest to J.K. Dobbins by the time he got in the end zone, and at one point was running step for step with him. That is they a went, line. They were, oh, yeah. He, he was right on him. I mean, he was neck so, and neck when it came to the, the step Real quick. Step. Real quick, Bill, I want to talk about the LSU Clemson early look. I'm not going to go into a lot of detail because we need to go into that later on as it gets closer to the national championship. Yeah. I do have LSU beating Clemson in this game. It is going to be a home game practically for LSU. Joe Burrow is unstoppable right now. Justin Jefferson is unstoppable right now. That LSU defense looks locked in. It Basically, I needed to see a little bit more from Clemson against Ohio State to give them more of an a, uh, advantage against LSU. Yeah, when LSU comes out and throws that many touchdowns, when LSU you comes out and plays, I mean, it looks like they're just running a scrimmage. And you know, Clemson had to have a comeback against Ohio State. You know, I just that's not enough for me. So I'm taking, I'm going LSU. The score is going to be LSU 38, Clemson 27. Mm, I like it. And what's your pick on that game? Though? LSU. Uh, I'm gonna go with LSU for sure. Uh, I'm gonna go with. Uh, 42, 35, uh, sounds very generic straight off the touchdowns. I think it's a shootout game. Uh, there could be a field goal in there to change it up, but basically roundabouts, you know, give or take a point or two here, there to be, you know, 32, 35, it'd be a one possession game on the board that'll probably finish it. And I think they're going to deliver some blows back and forth, man. I mean, you could definitely see LSU coming out hot, but I don't think Clemson's gonna go away, man. You know what I mean? They, I don't they think know they're it. gonna go away. Trevor Lawrence think, isn't just gonna isn't gonna fold. Uh, their O line, I think, can handle that pressure. You know what I mean? They can handle the LSU that. defense. And uh, I think as long as T Higgins is out there and Justin Ross is playing up to the way that he's been playing uh, in Etienne, you know, in the in the receiver helping out the receivers, it I think it'll be a close game. But I gotta go LSU. Burrow under pressure, he's got it, dude. He's got it. That's, that's well, and it. something else to give to give two Clemson's advantage right now is Clemson's a, is the uh, is the reigning de- uh, defending champ right now. So Clemson, they've been they've been to the uh, what is it now? They've been to uh, the championship. Well, they've been they've they've been to the the playoff five straight times, man. Yeah. So these guys are experienced with they, this. They, right they now, have, LSU didn't look didn't look yeah. inexperienced with it, but when, it's a difference between the playoff game, man, like the like the play in game, and yeah. then the championship. That is a whole other ball yeah. game. I don't think Clemson's gonna let it be sixty to twenty five. Oh know what no, I mean? no, no, no. Like I said, I think it's gonna Clemson's be thirty to twenty seven. I think it's yeah. gonna be close. I think it's gonna be a game where it's thirty one twenty seven. And then maybe a late turnover by Clemson, and Joe Burrow uh, puts the game away with a late touchdown. And I, yeah, I agree. It'll be it'll be something like that where Joe Burrow ends it late. I just think it's going to be quite high scoring because how do you stop either offense? You know yeah. what I'm saying? It's going to be. But Ohio State, there's some good film on how to stop Clemson in the beginning stages of that game. It sh- they showed how to do it, and it's yeah. good tackling, man. It's got to be good technique, good technique yeah. tackling. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, and you cannot, oh my God, you cannot let up a bunch of frustration PI penalties in that game. You can't let it get in your head, man. You got to stay with it. Yeah. They are, the refs are going to be all in their head, man. They got to stick to their, their technique, to the discipline their coach teaches them play, just play whatever they ask you to don't overcommit. Don't get mad. If someone gets a catch on you, let it be. It's a long game. And that's the thing in college, man, is that some of these kids, man, they get mad, they get mad, they commit stupid penalties. 
they forget how long a college game is, how many times that ball comes back to these college mm-hmm. dudes. You know what I mean? It's not the NFL or like, oh, crap, there's eight minutes left in the fourth quarter. We might not get this ball back. You know what I'm saying? We might get it once. In college, man, that clock stops a lot. You it get that ball back. You get that. You get an extra possession in college, and there's for a reason because it's college. Yeah. You know, and some of these kids get frustrated, and you know, Burrow and Lawrence though they understand that. They're like they it's not over. That. It's and that's what, what Trevor Lawrence said after the game. Um, he 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 said he looked at his team before the game went in drive that they put together, and they said, "What'd you say to him?" And he said, "I didn't say really anything. I told them they were built for it. That's why we're here, and let's go out and win." And like, dude, he's right. He he is built for it, and he so 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 is Burrow, built for it, dude. You're right. And you're right. The guys around them are built for it. It's it's gonna come down to the little things, the execution towards in the game. You're exactly right, Bo. But Bo, I think we've talked about a, a lot of great stuff here today. I hope all you guys out there listening have been happy with the topics that we brought to your attention today. Well, a couple of last words. Any small school guys out there that are looking for somebody to represent you with athlete management and looking for a sports agent, please get in contact with my man, Ramiro Ferrand. Contact him. You can find him on Twitter at Ferrand Sports. Ferrand is spelled F-E-R-R-A-N-D. I said that is at Ferrand Sports. This guy knows what he is doing. Like I said last time on the last episode, I am looking to have him come on here, interview him, get him to talk to you guys, talk about what he offers as an agent, talk about his experience. So you guys be looking forward to that. Also want to give a quick shout out again to Robert Robinson. Check out his merchandise. Follow him at Rob Rob Graphics on Twitter. This man just did a uh, did a a um, graphic. For, what, what is the XFL team? The Blackhawks? Isn't that what it St. is? St. Louis Blackhawks. Blackhawks. Battlehawks. Battlehawks. Battle yeah. Bro, I know he tagged you in it on Twitter. I don't know oh, if you ever saw quite it. Quite the conversation followed afterwards. Oh, <laughs> my, I have never seen that. This guy has unbelievable talent, guys. Yeah, Bo has seen it for himself. He's gonna build. He's gonna build hype for whatever team you ask him to make graphics for. And, and also, there there should be a team out there getting him to do their work. Dude, I, I don't. Didn't, I didn't even think people cared about the XFL. He tweeted, oh, people, he, people. He, uh, and he he tweeted a graphic. I know St. Louis people care because they miss football there, but uh, he tweeted that graphic out, man. And I and I and I honestly, it went on for so long. I got so many alerts through it. I, I had to mute part of it just so like yeah. on. You there mute were part other of XFL fans asking him to do stuff for it, them. Exactly, and I was like, I don't need to see this. Like he had, he seriously had some things going with that. And if you need graphic work done, he's the guy. He is the guy. Also, I want you guys to follow Blitzalytics on Twitter. That is B L I T Z A L Y T I C S. Blitzalytics on Twitter at Blitzalytics and visit Blitzalytics.com. You can find me, Jacob Patterson, on their page. Just go under members and search Jacob Patterson. You will see my portfolio, see some of the articles I've written for them, and you will also see something that's very close to my heart, the first sports article that I ever wrote. Okay, so you guys go out there, like some of my articles, give it a thumbs up, give it some claps. But also, Bo, I want you to go ahead and give your plug so these guys know where to find you at on Twitter, know where to find TSR, and know where to find their co-host at. 
All righty. Well, uh, if you want to find me on Twitter, you can search uh, capital letters T S R lowercase B E A U. That's T S R Bo on Twitter. Uh, I do some uh, contributing writing for LastWordOnProFootball.com on the Steelers end of their site. You can find me there. You just go to my Twitter. I'll post all my articles. Um, and I just want to give a little quick shout out to my pops, uh, still recovering from knee replacement surgery. I uh, wouldn't be stepping out and doing this whole thing if it weren't for watching him do radio shows as a kid for local high school sports. So I want to say that and uh, happy new year's to all our friends serving out there in the military. Uh, our buddy Doug is uh, looking down the barrel of going on deployment, I think in Kuwait soon. And I uh, want to tell him being away from his family on Christmas and new year's happy holidays. If he's listening. Yeah, man, I got to see uh, my cousin. Uh, most of you guys out there that know me know who I'm talking about over Christmas. It was great to see him. It was sad to see him leave. Um, still going out there in training down in Florida. So, again, Doug, I know you personally. Best of luck, man. Zane, appreciate you getting all the guys out there listening yes. to us Special in Special shout out, Zane. Thank yeah, I appreciate so it, man. I appreciate that so much. I hope you listen to this episode and get to hear this. Happy New Year, guys. Happy New Year to all of our listeners, man. We're going to make 2020 the best year yet for TSR. I yes, promise sir. you that. Also, I want to say real quick. It should be next week. I'm supposed to have something special for you guys this uh, this upcoming episode or episode two episodes from now. I'm going to be having a player by the name of Justin Wilson come on and do an interview. He will be attending the National Scouting Combine run by Jimmy Kibble up in Indianapolis this February. He's going to come on. He's looking for TSR to do some work for him. He wants to come on, said he would love to come on and talk about what made him love football, what he's looking to prove up at the National Scouting Combine. I cannot wait to have him on. Justin Justin is an amazing guy. I also want to say, and this is something that's close to my heart, so I just need to get this elbow. Um, the guy that mainly got me very motivated to do stuff with TSR um, about, this probably about a year and a half ago, guys, um, passed away suddenly. Uh, it'll be a year ago, January 5th, very close to my heart, one of my best friends. I just want to tell everybody out there that I appreciate this man so much. Love you, Bob. Appreciate it, man. Hope I'm making you proud doing this. Um, you definitely know, are, bro. Yeah, I know, I know one day I'll get to get to hug him, man, and he'll, we'll talk about all the crazy stuff I did with TSR. But I just wanted to get that out there, guys. Thank you again for listening to the TSR Podcast, Episode 5. Please hit that subscribe button. Give us a thumbs up on SoundCloud. Like I said, we're going to keep doing this every week that we can. I'm sorry every we didn't come week. out with one on Thursday. It was Christmas. Had to hang out with the family. Um, we should be doing one next Thursday. I know New Year's is right around that time, but we should have one out on New um, on next Thursday night. So it should be out Friday morning. Yeah, it should be the day after New Year's Day. We should be good to go. So, I again, I appreciate it, guys. I hope you all have enjoyed the topics that we talked about tonight. And I just wanted to uh, tell all of you that I am appreciative of you. Bo, I appreciate it, man, as always. And TSR Peace, out, guys. Peace, Peace out. You know it's showtime when this beat kicks in. This is the TSR pop where all we do is win. It's just football fiends on a mission delivering opinions of my significance. Man, I hope you've been listening. Cause scouting is the business. You're welcome because it's a privilege. Most people in this position just don't give it away. No, all that's left to say now is welcome to the show. Because you know Jacob and Ball were ready, so let's go. Yeah.